Good evening, church. It's good to see you. Downstairs, I would have made you say that again. Good evening, church. (laughs) The kiddos are like, again, here she is. That's okay. Um, It's good to be here tonight. It's good to be with you all. It's always uh, the brightest moments of our week when we can gather together and and worship together. Um, I'm glad to see Bishop here. It's always good to see you, Bishop. Um, we all notice Elder and Sister Hart are not here, but they're preparing for their um, oldest son's wedding, which we're all excited about. That's very exciting, and we celebrate with them. Um, but in lieu of that, I had wedding on my mind and thinking about weddings, and I was taken back to my own wedding, so I was going to share a few things about that. And um, Bishop might remember that. He's the one who married us. <laughs> so it's really neat to have you here. He'll be like, oh, yes, I remember that. One thing he'll remember is in the beginning, we stood way too far apart. And he's like, you know, it's okay to stand next to each other, right? You are going to be married for the rest of your lives. But um, <laughs> some of the things, uh, when it, well, one of the things I remember about our wedding is we had planned to get married uh, the following year in August, and I wasn't one as a little girl to plan all my wedding and know the dress and know where I wanted it and how the decorations would look, so I wasn't finicky about that, but we were going to have an outside wedding at the Arboretum, and so I had the deposit already, and we had, you know, talked about it, and so my mind was kind of getting set on that, and Joe was supposed to go to Ellensburg and and spend some time there for classes, and I was going to take classes in Yakima, and then the August we would come together and get married for summer break. But that is not what happened, (laughs) which really is. We always say that. We planned this out, but that's not what happened, which is okay, which is okay. Joe decided that he was going to stay home and he was going to take classes home because he wanted to be where the church was at. He wanted to be where the church was at. He didn't want to be apart from it. And um, so apart from me either. (laughs) Uh, but that means wedding plans had to move up. We were going to move up. We were planning. We would move in together, so we needed to get married. That's what would honor God. And so instead of, it's about late September, so instead of having all the way to August to plan, we had December. We thought December. My brother-in-law, he was serving in Afghanistan, and we wanted him to be there, and it just so happened that December he was going to be home, and, and why not? I think Bishop was telling us, too. He's like, why wait? <laughs> which, is, which is okay. Uh, so we moved up wedding plans, and um, other things didn't go as planned either. We had uh, his house payments from Ellensburg to take care of, and we got to consider that. Now we're going to have our own rent to pay. And so there was a bit of a budgeting that needed to take place. So there was things that was like, okay, how big do we go? How, you know, well, we could use the church. You know, bishops agreed to marry, to marry us, which I'm so grateful. And we thought we can get a little bit of decorations. I got a dress. And then as it came closer, I, I'm kind of one of those people that, like, I'm not, I don't do really good in big crowds. I don't know if you've noticed. I get a little weird in big crowds, but that, you know, uh, that day, 
um, I remember feeling a little bit nervous, and we had some help. Sister Julie made sure my hair was done, my dress was in place, she made sure that it smelled good in the church. She put a potpourri uh, warmer in the middle of the church so that it would smell nice that morning. And I remember being so nervous because I'm the type of person, if you take me to a restaurant, I'm going to Google what's on their menu before we get there. And I'm also going to scope out while I'm at the table how everyone's paying because I want to know those things beforehand because I just, you know, I like to do things the way they need to be done. And that's that can be a fault in the kingdom, but that's okay. I'm working on it. God's still working on me. Another thing is I'm okay with mistakes. I'm okay with making mistakes because I learn from them. You only get one shot at your marriage day, though, so I was a little nervous. I was like, okay, what if this happens, or what if this happens? What's it going to sound like? What if, you know, when we play the music in the back, uh, Veronica had a little CD back there with a, with a CD player, and she had the microphone already, so we're like... Uh, so it was just that type of day and and so I remember like the feelings you know kind of stirring up there there was a time Joe took me to a dance in high school we we knew each other in high school he took me to a dance it took him 25 minutes to get me out of the car to pry my fingers off of the car seat so he could get me inside so here's here's another moment that I was going to have to walk down the aisle to Joe, to Joe. But you know what? I found my courage in the purpose I was doing it. I found my courage because on the other side of the room was the man I wanted to spend the rest of my life with. He was, he was the person that I wanted to be with, that I wanted to be his bride, and I wanted him to be my husband. And so I was able to set and let those cares and those concerns, which are very, very small things compared to that, what the purpose of that day was, just kind of melt away. And when it was time, they closed us in the little nursery, and then the music started, and the door opened, and I just had to focus on him and just make my way towards him. And he was my strength to get to the end of the aisle and get through it. And you know what? It was beautiful. It was beautiful. And, and I'm so grateful for that. I'm grateful for that, that day, and I'm grateful for my marriage with him. That gets me through a lot of different things. This reminded me in the Bible, you know, I might not get a chance it was my only wedding, and with all its faults, it was the best wedding I ever had. <laughs> uh, but the Bible talks about another marriage, a marriage with Christ and his bride. And um, he often, God often gives us an understanding of the relationship between Christ and the church by using husband and wife as an example. If we can go to Ephesians chapter 5, verse 22. She's going to read a little bit. It says, 
Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as unto the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, and he is the Savior of the body. Therefore, as the church is subject unto Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it, that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of the water by the word, that he might present it to himself, a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. So, in fact, there will be another wedding union and that I'll be a part of as a bride, but I won't be a bride alone. I will stand with the body as the bride. But I don't get any do-overs with this one either. When the bridegroom comes and that door opens, it's time. It's time. Let's go to Revelations chapter 19, verse 7. It says, let us be glad and rejoice and give honor to him for the marriage of the lamb is come and his wife hath made herself ready. This is quite a busy season we find ourselves in. I, I don't think I'm speaking alone when I say this last month has been so full and, and so busy and there's been um, exciting news of development and in Bible studies and buildings even in the church and it can kind of pile up and kind of maybe get heavy for some of us it demands our time it demands our energy and sometimes we're scooping out of that barrel of time and energy and we kind of could find that we hit the bottom and we just don't feel like we have anything else to give kind of turned inside out at times if you have been feeling this way and you've been feeling like there's been more withdrawals required of you than perhaps you feel there's been deposits made, then you need one of two things here. You need to, number one, make sure you're preparing for the right things. Make sure you're preparing for the right things. We can get caught up in all these little details and cares and we're missing the main event, the main idea. And number two, we need to ready ourselves as the bride. We go to Colossians chapter three. Verse two. If you're feeling bogged down with cares, uh, with everyday living, or even the cares for the kingdom, that can get heavy too. That can get heavy too. Then you need to check yourself. And verse 2 says, set your affections on things above, not on things on the earth. There's a day that a bridegroom is coming for a bride 
who's readied herself, who's prepared. And that's what we're really doing. That's what we're really doing. We're preparing. Even in the little things in, in life, we're preparing for that day. We're storing up treasures for his kingdom for that day. If we read further, it kind of gives us an idea of what to put on and, and, and the things we should be taking off as well. So I just like to read through those things. For ye are dead, and your life is hid with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall ye also appear with him in glory. Mortify, therefore, your members which are upon the earth, fornication, uncleanness, inordinate affections, evil, covetousness, which is idolatry. I switched on you guys, sorry. For which things sake the wrath of God cometh on the children of disobedience. In the which ye also walked some time when ye lived in them. But now ye also put off all these, anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy communications out of your mouth. Lie not one to another, seeing that ye have put off the old man with his deeds, and have put on the new man, which is renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created him. Where there is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcision or uncircumcision, barbarian or Scythian, bond nor free, but Christ is all and in all. Those are the things to take off, to stop worrying about and get out of your life. It'd cause you more grief than anything. But this is what you should put on. Put on, therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, bowels of mercy, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering, forbearing one another, and forgiving one another, if any man have quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. And above all these things, put on charity, which is love, which is the bond of perfectness. So that's been on my mind, readying myself that if I find that things are getting too heavy or that I'm too busy, I need to lift up my eyes to things above and I need to set my eyes on the bride's groom because he makes things all worthwhile. Thank you, church. Uh, yeah, I'll add a little detail. She left out a lot of details about that wedding. I'll just add one more about Bishop. Um, he also said you can look at one another when you're reciting the vows, too. So I know I was, like, staring at him, and he's like, look at her. So uh, it was a great, great time. Um, you know, I, I, I've shared it before, but I think if we have a sensitivity in our day-to-day life, everything that the Lord has blessed us with to be a part of, everything that he has given us, our duties, our jobs, the Lord ministers, undoubtedly, if we're listening. And, you know, I, I know there was a season in my life where I always look to that relationship of, you know, the, the father and son and thought, well, I can't relate to that, right? Because I would look in the natural. I looked at the deficit that I grew up with, but, you know, the Lord ministered to me in that. And, you know, that's in the rear view. I'm on the other side of it now where I'm in the, the dad role, 
and I, I have children of my own, and they minister to me often. I, when I was younger, I really wanted to, I guess a goal of mine was to read, like, books that were longer than, I don't know, 10-minute reads, like chapter books, and I just didn't have the patience, I guess, or the stamina for it, or whatever. I, but as I got older, my kids started getting into books, and I thought, this is a great routine, I guess, for bed, right? I can maybe read some books and things. And, you know, I, I realized uh, the type of reader I am is I don't like surprises. I'm not, I, you know, I don't want to be caught off guard. I don't want to read it and, and be like, what? Uh, so I'll, get, I'll tell them the chapter, and I'm already peeking at the end of it. I'm reading the last lines. I'm reading the next one. I re- I'm bracing myself, or I'm like, ooh, this is going to get good. I can't wait, right? And uh, I look ahead, and it's still, it's, it's fun for me. But, you know, it reminds me of, of the times when we're, we hear the scripture, we're in church, and somebody references, you know, I've read the back of the book. You know, I know how it ends. I know who's going to come out victorious. And I can rejoice in that. But I know also when I'm reading books, sometimes that middle is, is kind of hard. There's some hard chapters in there. Um, I, I know the end of it, right? I know what's going to be happening. But, man, you know, this chapter and this, this is hard. And I can get caught up sometimes in that. I can get caught up in those day-to-day things. I can get caught up realizing, you know what? I don't know if this, that, I don't think I'm going to make it. Because this trial or this issue that I'm going through is just so hard. And the Lord will remind me. The Lord will continue to say, hey, check this out. Read this part. He'll, he'll give a scripture to me. Uh, um, something will minister to me in the unlikeliest of places. And the Lord proves his faithfulness to me. Um, I, I think at times, maybe this is just a me thing, but I forget who the author is. And when I remember who it is, I remember the one that there is no surprises. There is nothing that catches him off guard. And I can trust in whatever it is I'm going through. Um, I think the hard time for us that we run into is the, the lack of patience sometimes. And, you know, there's, there's a certain amount of waiting that's okay for us. And you all know what it is for you, right? It, it could vary from day to day, but you have a level that once you get past that, you know, good luck what version of you you're going to be, right? <laughs> it's, it's the waiting room. It's the second waiting room. It's the drive-through. It's whatever that thing is. Um, you know, it's already turning in your minds, right? I'm good here, but that one, no. And um, I was laughing because uh, earlier this week, I have a coworker who, um, great guy, uh, but, you know, sometimes we like to mess with them. And, again, you probably have some that are like that, too. Uh, but I was holding the door open for him, and I was, I was thinking, what's that distance, you know, that it's okay to hold the door before it gets, like, too awkward? And, uh, and I saw, he was like, he was way too far, but I held it. And I just waited. And he started jogging. He's just like, um, and I was like, I'm sorry, I had to do that. That was really funny. Good for you for waiting. So um, I'm like, next time, don't run. Just, just let it be. But, you know, that's, it's funny, but, like, we have that, right? There's something where we're like, I don't want to wait that long. Like, that's, that's too far. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let it close. And the Lord was reminding me about long-suffering um, for a while now. I, I've been thinking of the long-suffering of the Lord uh, going back to my role as a dad, you know, there's a lot of things that I do as a dad for my children. They're not really aware of. I don't, 
run it by them. Hey, you know, kiddos, this is why I'm doing this. I just want you to know. Um, I'm, I'm taking this out. I'm adding this in. I'm going this route. I'm making this decision. I don't run that by them. Um, not all the time. Sometimes I'll, I'll let them have some insight in there so they understand what's going on, but they're not that filter of that. I'm not going and telling them, hey, I'm going to do this and then this and then this and then this. This is why I'm making you this food. I just make these choices. And they understand, and a lot of times they're fine with that because we have that relationship. They've, they've learned long enough with me. It's all right. He knows what he's doing. Yeah, I know he's going that. I don't know why, but he's okay. Um, I trust my dad. And that takes a little bit, right? I think we've all probably been in our walk with God when we've had that first test in our life where we're like, hey, this is, <laughs> that was fine here, but I don't know about this part. This test is a little bit too much. And then the Lord sees us through it. And now he's built some credibility. Um, he's, he's done something. He's proved it. And as we know now, if we've been in the journey long enough, we already know something else was coming, right? That little thing was so minimal. Now it's so menial, but now we're like, man, at the time, that was a huge mountain. Um, he's preparing us for some things, and he's long-suffering to that. Um, if you have your Bibles, um, Brother Nate, we're going to be in the Amplified, if you can get that up there. Uh, we're going to be in Second Peter uh, chapter 3. Uh, I am not, again, I, I try to, to stay current. I try to um, get information on things that are happening, but by no means am I, um, I guess, an expert on any of these things. Um, and I try to keep up with current events, obviously, with, with Israel and, and what's going on. And I found for me, I can take little bits and pieces, and then I have to stop and check in the Word and, and just give some space. Um, you know, you've ever, you've ever heard of uh, at times when somebody might share something and you say, take the meat, throw out the bones, um, filter, right? You got to filter these things. And I'm, I'm going to go back to the word, right? A lot of times we see the word and we, we hear something and we go, hey, that's what, that's in the word right there. And I can identify with that. So Second Peter chapter 3, verse 3. Um, and I'm, again, I'm going to be reading out of the Amplified, so... Uh, it says, first of all, know without any doubt that mockers will come in the last days with their mocking, following after their own human desires, and saying, where is the promise of his coming? What has, fallen, what has become of it? For ever since the fathers fell asleep in death, all things have continued exactly as they did from the beginning of creation. For they willingly forget the fact that the heavens existed long ago by the word of God. And the earth was formed out of water and by water, through which the world at that time was destroyed by being flooded with water. Uh, we'll continue here, but, you know, we've had that, right? I've had those thoughts on, on some things where, you know, you, you're waiting for something and you're like, okay, is it going to come? No, no. And you're just, you're in that waiting spot. And what happens is, if you don't have that trust in the Word of God, if you don't have that trust in that relationship, the longer the time goes, the more you're going to start discrediting that. You know, that the more we're like, ah. you know, if I'm waiting and I'm just standing at a door and nothing's happening, sometimes the natural reaction is, I'll be right back. I'm going to go take care of something real quick. 
I've been waiting here for X amount of time. I've been here a while. I'll come right back. And you go and you take care of something. And the dangerous part is when you come back and it's just like it was. Because then what happens is you think, you know what? It happened once. I can do that thing again. I'm able to take a little bit more time. I'm able to step away maybe from some things that God has spoken in my life. And you know what? I'll come back to it. The Lord's long-suffering. This is a reminder, right? You know, we've heard about it recently with Elder Hart when we were speaking of the, the days of Noah. And that boat obviously wasn't made in a day. It took a while. And people seeing construction and people seeing all those things. But it always happens when we're not expecting it, right? Um, my kids the other day, they, they like to do this thing where they're looking at the clock, especially when it's going to change to a new hour. So it's like something 59, and they're watching it, and they're watching it. And as a great dad that I was, I was blocking it a little bit. I was like, huh. Um, but I was honestly thinking, like, I'm going to feel really awful if I block it at the right time. <laughs> but they were intent. They were ready. They knew the hour. They knew the time. And they weren't going to miss it. And uh, just a fun thing, but, you know, it's a reminder. It's a reminder of sometimes we just are like, I've got all the time in the world. But how many times in the natural have we said, oh, I can't believe it. The time just passed. I, how, how long has it gone? It's been already been an hour, right? But then we forget. We, we forget the spiritual side of that. Um, the Lord isn't long-suffering because he's just lazy. He's not long-suffering because he's, uh, he just feels... Nah, it's not something I'm, I'm interested in doing. Long-suffering, that word is to suffer long, meaning it's going to happen. If it wasn't going to happen, it wouldn't be long-suffering. It would just be broken promise. It would be something that it wouldn't occur. Long-suffering means it will happen. Okay? All right. Verse 7. By his word, the present heavens and earth are being reserved for fire being kept for the day of judgment and destruction of the ungodly people. Nevertheless, do not let this one fact escape your notice, beloved, that with the Lord one day is like a thousand years and a thousand years is like one day. The Lord does not delay as though he were unable to act and is not slow about his promise, as some count slowness, but is extraordinarily patient toward you, not wishing for any to perish, but for all to come to repentance. Um, the Lord is like what I was doing with the door with my coworker, right? Where it's like, that's way too far, not for the Lord. Um, I love Amplified where it says extraordinarily patient. In reading, and, and I've been complimented at this at times, um, and, and not in a boastful way. I, I mean, we have these things up and down, right? But I've been told especially working with little ones, so patient, so patient. Well, that's, a, that's the fruit of the Spirit, because uh, I, um, I cannot produce that. Um, even with that patience, I still let my humanity win out at times, and th that patience sometimes is lacking. It's a long-suffering that God gives. And the Scripture, there's, it's kind of interesting, because we can see a couple different ways. We can see the long-suffering of the Lord towards us, and He also asks us to have long-suffering towards others, right? It's His people, we have a long-suffering toward, while we're waiting for him, we're also waiting on others. And while we're holding the door open and we're like, do you not recognize the hour? Do you not see what's going on here? When they come, we're not to be, shame on you. Why it took you so long? It's rejoicing. It's thanking that I'm so glad you made it. I don't care if we just 
you know, that door was closing when you got in. I don't care. You're here. Long-suffering while we're waiting for him, we're waiting for others, and I guarantee you what's going to happen at times, we're going back to him saying, thank you for the long-suffering that you have to me. Thank you for that. Um, I prayed that more often than I would like, but I'm grateful that the long-suffering of the Lord waits for me, and I don't want to frustrate that. Um, the, the thing about the news that I, uh, that I struggle with is, you know, we hear about that easy access, right? We can get news in a moment, and there's a desensitizing that uh, it's a tactic that the enemy uses often, right? Sometimes it's, don't believe that. Don't believe that. Ooh, that don't believe this thing, and, and he'll try to trick us and and confuse us, right? You know, we've seen from the beginning that was a tactic. It was, let me test to see if you know how much of the word. And if and when you prove that you do know the word, another tactic is, I'm just going to throw lots of stuff at you. If I can't discredit the thing, if I can't discredit the word here, I'm going to just start throwing lots of words at you. I'm going to throw so much at you, you're going to have a hard time recognizing, wait, who said that? And where did that come from? And, and that's the problem with the news part. That's the problem with filling so much of our, our minds with these words. That's why I said I can take it in chunks, and I'm like, I got to step back. I got to go back and look it in, into the word. And the desensitizing and that long-suffering piece happened because if I see an issue happening, well, that was on the news one day. Man, that was, that was big. It's got all my attention. And then two weeks later, it's still in the news. Ah, wow, yeah, it's still going. And then a month, you know what happens again? Yeah, well, that's always been going on. That, that's, that's not something I should worry about. That's how it's always been. It's a desensitizing, and it's a normalizing thing that I start thinking, that's just how it is. And I miss things. I miss the Lord speaking in that. We have things that we're supposed to be doing now. Um, turn with me to James chapter 5. You know, I, I spoke and said that I, I'm not, you know, I, I'm grateful for, like, my, my brother, uh, Mel Berglund, with the ability to, to study and to look and, and devoted a lot of time in prayer, um, and I believe the Lord speaks to him um, in some ways that, you know, I, I'm able to receive, right? It's, it's great, and I receive that ministry so much, and I think to myself, well, how can I understand? What do I need to do? What can I do in this time to process what's going on? And again, the scripture can speak to me and let me know. Maybe you can try some of these things. James chapter 5, verse 7 says, uh, and again, reading from the Amplified, So wait patiently, brothers and sisters, until the coming of the Lord. The farmer waits expectantly for the precious harvest from the land being patient about it until it receives the early and late rains. You know, I, you know, it's funny how we mention farmer, right? Because when they plant something, they don't come out the next day <laughs> and are looking expectantly like, all right, you know, it's a process. Right? We're processes, right? I'm sure some of us, it was that same, that, that farmer analogy could be looking at us being like, it's been a while. What's going on here? But just like that, there's a, a time 
there's time that needs to pass. doesn't mean that it's not going to work. It's going to pass. Verse 8. You too, being patient, strengthen your hearts, keep them energized and firmly committed to God, because the coming of the Lord is near. Do not complain against one another, believers, so that you will not be judged for it. Look, the judge is standing right at the door. As an example, brothers and sisters, of suffering and patience, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord as his messengers and representatives. 11. You know we call those blessed, happy, spiritually prosperous, favored by God, who were steadfast and endured difficult circumstances. You have heard of the patient endurance of Job, and you have seen the Lord's outcome, how he richly blessed Job. The Lord is full of compassion and is merciful. It gives us instructions. It doesn't tell us to frantically panic and be tossed to and fro, right? I mean, you can go to YouTube. You can go to podcasts. You can go to turn on whatever channel. There's going to be some expert out there um, about something. And it's getting harder sometimes to discern that because it feels like almost everybody is pretty eloquent in speech, right? And they're, they look good on there, and they've got a nice title on there. They've got a nice suit. They've got whatever that is. And we can easily get caught up in that it's very easily, especially when we're waiting, especially when we're waiting. You know, I, I wish that when we speak something and it would just happen so quickly like that at times. Naturally, I wish that. But I understand, as the scripture says, there's a benefit in that waiting process. And, and so I look to it, and I, I think, well, what does that mean for us? What are we supposed to be doing in that time as the bride waiting for the bridegroom? What is our job? That's not to sit here idly. It's not to sit and think, well, I'm just going to, you know, we'll just wait. Maybe I'll shift, and I'll do the little leg cross thing and read a magazine, right? We've got a job. Um, I, the other day, I was, I was speaking to someone, and, and I felt like it was a, a moment of testing where, you know, we've all done it. We're should I say something? I want to bring up, you know, there's an open door. I want to share the scripture. And uh, just a thought came to my mind was like, it was really spiritual. Do it. And, okay. So I just brought up, hey, I thought I heard you mention something about, you know, the Genesis. And man, this person just took off. I was like, man, that was easy. I <laughs> was really simple. So we had some dialogue there. And I'm like, is that as, that as easy as it can be? Yeah. Super simple. You know, it and again, I'm not speaking as a pro. I'm the one who's thinking it and overthinking it. And what if they don't like it? Well, then they don't. Yeah, it's okay. Move on. There's scripture for that too. We say it. We speak it. We've got a job to do. And we've got to be ready. Yes, we have to take care of us. Yes, the Lord is being long-suffering. And he's waiting. He's holding that door. And there's someone way down there. And we're like, why would you do that, Lord? It's important. They're important. Um, that could be us. It could have been us. And in the meantime, we're long-suffering for that family member. We're long-suffering for that coworker. We're long-suffering for those issues and those things in our life that we're waiting and we're waiting and we're waiting. Because just when we think that we've done as much as we possibly can, we're reminded just how much the Lord is still doing that for us. Amen. Bishop, do you want to share something this evening? Okay. <laughs> Amen. I've enjoyed this tonight thoroughly. Amen. 
I don't know the difference between karate and judo. I think it's judo that you, uh, you use the energy of the other person. Is that true? So, an, oh, you're kind of a... <laughs> so, if you can relate to this, I think in judo, so a guy is going to push or throw a punch or do kick or whatever, and you simply pivot using their energy to bring the thing to a quick close, right? That's the only way I know how to describe that. I find myself doing this now in witnessing. How many times you pull up to a coffee stand, drive through, what do they say? After they say, can I help you, what would you like? What's the next thing they say? Got any plans for the weekend? Uh, what you been doing? What'd you, how's your weekend? How's your day? You know, and, it, and it's full of, and it's like you want to say, I'm not awake yet. Again, you know, give me a minute. Give me a minute here. I haven't even drank that cup of coffee. But if you can go past that. <laughs> I remember I pulled up to a coffee stand one day in Tacoma, and, and this you know, lady bubbling and just out the window practically at me. How was your weekend? Man, it was great. What made it great? I went to church. Really, what church do you go to? What's your favorite verse, she says? Acts 2.38. Why is that so good? I said, because it was an answer to a really important question. You want to hear the question? Now I'm taking over the conversation. <laughs> but to me, it just reminds I've done this in so many different ways. It's just, I know, I'm expecting them to say that. One time I pulled up to a coffee thing and got some coffee, and they said, what, where are you at? What are you doing? I said, I'm going home to Yakima. This is a while back. I was still living in, at the farm. Yakima? What are you doing over here? This was over in Kent. Man, I came over to go to church. Church? What? You drove 150 miles to go to church? Yeah! What kind of church do you go to? I just love playing on them. And because they're, they're all around us now, I don't, you know, at the grocery store, at Albertsons, at the coffee stand, everybody, they're all approaching you the same way. Get your guns loaded. <laughs> and I'm having a blast with it. Anyway, that, that's all I felt to say. <laughs> Get your guns loaded. You heard Bishop. Let's see. Maybe we can stand here this evening. Amen. I know you received. I, I receive. Um, I can tell you if anybody who's ever up sharing, you receive a lot more than you think that you do. Um, the Lord ministers. And so uh, let's pray. Let's pray that the Lord continue to work in our hearts the rest of this week and weekend ahead. Father, we thank you for our time together. We thank you for the anointed word that you shared here tonight. We pray, Jesus, any part that spoke to our spirit, any area, Lord, that you desire to have work into our lives, to change our carnal thinking, Lord, to rewrite it, I pray have your way in it. 
I pray, Lord, that you would speak to us in any every area that we could have, Jesus, that if we could minister to one another, we can. If we could go and testify, Lord, let us do that. If there's an area that we need to get in our lives ready for you, Lord, that coming groom, I pray, Jesus, that we would do so. I pray, Lord, that you would anoint this body as we go forward, that you're covering upon us. We thank you, Lord. We praise you. We thank you here tonight, Jesus. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. Well, praise God. I thank you all for being here tonight. Greet one another again, uh, and you're dismissed in Jesus' name.